we are here advocating for the issues that are important to the green industry. Hey, everybody ought to know by now, you can't do business without politics. We believe that these ordinances violate the Texas Constitution. It's coming straight out of Austin, and it's something the Texas green industry ought to know about. This is the Green Report, bringing the capital to you. This podcast is brought to you from our friends and TNLA endorsed service provider with Hotchkiss Insurance Agency. For more than 40 years, Hotchkiss Insurance Agency has been protecting clients in a world of unknowns, helping them grow and succeed. Hotchkiss Insurance Agency celebrates with clients when they reach their goals of expanding to a new location, reaching a financial milestone, or serving a record number of customers. Because that's what Hotchkiss Insurance Agency is here for. Visit them at HIALLC.com and speak with one of their insurance agents to see what they can do to help grow your business. Hey folks, and welcome back to episode 10 of the TNLA Green Report. I'm excited to host this episode's guest, Zyra Garcia, who's the state director for Forward.us. Forward.us is a national nonprofit whose overall goal is fixing the broken U.S. immigration system and has recently partnered with a number of business associations in Texas working around this policy area. TNLA and Forward.us have a strategic partnership with the aim of improving the H-2A and H-2B programs specifically. We've worked together on multiple projects so far this year, and our efforts are only continuing to grow. Without further ado, Zyra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Ryan. If you can, start off by telling us a little bit about your organization, uh, because I don't know how, if very many people are familiar with Forward.us, uh, at least not right now, um, but there may be some of our members who have seen a little bit of the work that we've either promoted together or some of the things that y'all are doing, but tell us about Forward. Yeah, of course. So Forward.us is um, officially, we're a bipartisan political advocacy group created by leaders in the tech and business community to fight for policies that keep the American dream achievable in a 21st century knowledge economy. Um, So what does that mean? The world of today. The two issues that we work on to do that are immigration and criminal justice reform. I'm a part of the immigration team. Immigration was actually the first issue that Forward took on when we launched in 2013. Um, But basically, we believe in bipartisan immigration reform. The idea that we acknowledge we need sensible border enforcement to be able to track who comes in and out of our country to be as safe as possible, but that needs to be coupled with a path to citizenship for um, folks who are here. Um, They're currently undocumented because they have no way of getting right with the law. Our immigration laws haven't been seriously updated in about, or I guess over three decades at this point. So 30 years, um, a lot of things have changed since then, right? Um, Cell phones are not what they were 30 years ago. The internet is now where folks do most of their stuff, right? So, so much has revolutionized the way that we work, our daily daily life, yet our immigration system is still, um, still continues to bar folks that are filling critical roles. They are um, part of our workforce and just have no way, again, of getting right with the law. There is no line to stand in. Um, and so our second really, um, when we talk about when we talk about immigration reform is really righting the wrong, giving folks the opportunity to get right with the law because they currently don't have one. And then our third pillar really is more forward facing, no pun intended, um, but it's really meant to be 
um, looking into the future and making sure that we modernize our current immigration system so that it does meet the needs of today's world, so that we aren't talking about righting a wrong 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line. So that's talking about programs like H-2As and H-2Bs. It's talking about H-1Bs, right? These um, work visas, for example, that allow sometimes employers, these temporary, um, these temporary employees to come in, but now that company is reliant on that employee's skill set. Also, as an employer, you've invested in training um, that individual, and now all of a sudden you have to let them go because these temporary work pieces don't allow for stability for the company, right? For stability for our economy. And so the idea that we really need to um, identify what are the needs of today's world and make sure that we modernize our current immigration system and our current legal avenues to best fit that. So that's kind of some of the work broadly that Forward does or supports yeah. who we are. So um, you're in, you're based in Texas. How many other states does Forward have state-based operations in? Yeah, so we organize on the immigration front in Colorado, New York, Florida, and Georgia. Um, but really, we get involved um, wherever it makes sense. Um, but we, we staff up where it's strategically relevant, right? Immigration is su such a top end. Um, issue for Texas. It's so critical. It's embedded in our workforce and our economy um, here at the state level. And so, of course, it would make sense to staff up in an area where um, this issue is so important. So the work that y'all are doing is obviously there's your your work is heavily focused on immigration, but y'all are partnered with the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. And uh, we have been for almost this entire year. You've got other partner organizations. Talk to me a little bit about what the goal of Forwarded Forward, your organization, partnering with some of these business associations are. Yes. So um, it's a great question. And because it's really, you know, it's, I've worked for, with Forward since 2015, so about five years now. Um, and one of the things that's part of my job is identifying stakeholders um, where immigration is um, important and then connecting them with opportunities to speak directly to their elected officials so that when elected officials are evaluating immigration-related legislation, they're doing it from a lens of their constituents. They're hearing from folks how this issue impacts them. It shows up in their business. It might show up in their communities, things like that. And so this partnership um, that we have with you all and with a few other key industry leaders across the state of Texas is really important so that we can support each other in identifying where there is overlap in terms of immigration priorities to work and to be and to do better on this issue. And so um, what that means is basically immigration is critical to the economic success of Texas. That's not a secret. And it's also key to our state's standing as a leading global economy. So major sectors in our state's economy, including the energy sector, the agriculture sector, real estate, are fueled by the work of immigrants who are driving innovation, creating American jobs, boosting economic growth. We've seen that. Um, we've heard from a lot of businesses in Texas's top leading industries that they employ immigrants and they rely on some temp visas. Sometimes they're not able to, um, there, there's a labor shortage. There's, you know, they need to fill these critical roles in their workforce and they don't have the workers. And so, so immigrants help to fill that. And so we um, decided to partner intentionally with key leaders across the state, including the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, the Texas Association of Business, um, 
and Texas, the North Texas Commission, just to name a few, um, the Texas Restaurant Association, to, to better work on the issue of immigration. So what we asked, we did a lot of, um, you know, trying to understand and learn, spoke to you quite a bit to figure out how does immigration show up in your work? Where are the gaps that we can start to work on together so that whenever a bill does come up, say at the state level here in the Texas legislature or at the federal level, the, the voice of these key stakeholders is being heard because we work on immigration all day long. You all have, I, I imagine, a million different competing priorities. And so we really want to be able to help support your voice in this issue. Yeah, I think that's important because obviously the majority of our work and our partnership at TNLA with Forward has centered around H2B and H2A and the policy that touches those areas because they're so critical to our businesses. Um, and I think you said something that's really important and that's that the business community has a very strong voice with their local elected officials. A lot of times it makes sense um, to have somebody who owns a business as well as lives in a district talk to that member of Congress, um, that federal policymaker, because it has that much of a greater impact. We've certainly seen that with our members. And I'm sure that was one of the major reasons why your organization wanted to partner with business groups. It, it kind of brings that additional weight to the conversation. And so uh, what what kind of projects are y'all working on right now? We've, we partnered with y'all and we pulled off what I would consider a major success in the TNLA Labor Summit, which was held back at the end of August. Um, we were privileged enough to, to welcome two sitting congressmen and one U.S. senator um, to join us, as well as uh, the chairman of the State Workforce Commission. So it was a really powerful event and something that wouldn't have been possible, frankly, especially in the COVID era without our partnership with Forward. Tell me a little bit about some of the projects uh, specifically as they relate to immigration that Forward has been handling this year. Yes, of course. And I think you um, said something that's so important and I cannot um, say enough. It's just how impactful it is for business leaders, but also individuals um, to connect with their member of Congress. We've seen we've seen different proposed legislation that at Forward supported and would try to work with our, again, we're bipartisan, so we work with um, Democrats and Republicans in Congress and our Texas delegation to get them to support those bills because it is what is um, the best fit for our country. And um, I've been in situations where a member isn't really familiar with a bill or doesn't really think it's relevant to his district. And then you get two, three business owners, um, whether they're small business owners or are big business leaders in the state of Texas, but you get those folks in a room with that member of Congress to speak about how that bill would impact their business or how immigration, our broken immigration system is showing up in their work. And um, with that amount of advocacy, again, just those, those touches of connecting with our elected officials, that member might uh, have, we've seen it, we've seen them support a bill that initially they weren't going to support. And so again, we can't say it enough. It's so important to hear from business leaders. And so really what we do at Forward is to make it as easy as possible to connect um, stakeholders with those opportunities for direct engagement with elected officials. Um, but specifically on things that we've worked on at Forward, there it's, it's just that um, in a pre-COVID-19 world. Um, I know that's kind of switched up how we do everything. Right. 
we've we've coordinated a lot of roundtables with elected officials so members of congress again on both sides of the aisle we've had um really great um roundtables with congressman bill flores for example congressman pete olson um congressman joaquin castro we've again on both sides of the aisle um we worked really hard to again facilitate those opportunities so we've hosted in district roundtables where we'll go out to the district um if it's during for example August August recess, have a sit down meeting with the member where we're able to um, make sure that in the room there is a diverse set of voices from the employee to the employer to folks that might be directly impacted by this. Again, immigration is one of those things that really shows up in every corner of our communities. So it shows up in the education um, system. Them. It shows up in higher education systems, for example. So it's one of those things where in a room, you can get a very diverse set of voices, but again, to facilitate those, um, those advocacy opportunities. We also do a lot of fly-ins. And so I know we were planning to partner for a fly-in, um, but yeah. again, because of COVID, that's not something that we were able to do. But again, send um, key voices from Texas to DC to take a full day of meetings. And we mean a full day because Texas has such a large congressional delegation that folks are busy when they participate in some of these fly-ins. But again, to just talk about their own story, how this issue shows up for them. Um, we're really not interested in putting you know, words in people's mouths or really pushing our priorities through. It's again, not a hard lift to find folks that illustrate what we are um, trying to fight for. Well, yeah. and I want to talk about that specifically, the nexus between the business community and immigration reform as a, as a big you know, policy area, 30,000 foot. I mean, if we wanted to drill down on you know, specific topics, there, were, there was a bill last year, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, which many members of our industry, and I think Forward, um, all signed on to kind of a large package of reforms to the H-2A program, to creating a legal status for undocumented uh, workers who were in the ag industry, and some common sense reforms that, you know, that it, it was common sense enough to get a vote through the House and unfortunately hasn't gone anywhere in the Senate, and we're waiting to see what the new Congress will look like. But talk to me about the importance of that nexus between business and economic success of the nation or the state of Texas and immigration reform through forward's eyes. What's the, what's the driving uh, factor there? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's just, it's one of the same. When you talk about what is in the best interest of the business community, sensible immigration reforms is right up their alley, you know, because, what you're looking for is being able to meet the needs of your workforce, being able to spur economic activity in your industry specifically. And so as business leaders, um, we know that they depend and rely heavily on um, the labor of immigrants. If we're talking about in the ag community, the reason why the Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2019 was so popular and actually passed the house was because it was really getting at again that second pillar that we talked about where folks are filling critical roles and they just have no way of getting right with the law and that hurts everyone it hurts employers it also hurts um it hurts our economy if folks can't fully participate um in our economy because they are kind of in limbo another part of it is um, we have a lot of programs for example um and again want to not get too deep in the weeds 
needs here. But for example, we have um, employers who employ DACA recipients. That's an issue that is, um, it's a deferred action for childhood arrivals. That's kids who came here as very young children. Um, some, I think the average age is three years old and have grown up here, graduated high school, went to college, are now working at big companies. Many work at places like Google, Facebook. Um, again, these places where they're, um, they're, they're filling a critical role and um, the current administration attempted to terminate this program called DACA. Um, when that happened, the number one voice that we heard from were business leaders because they were like, uh, we employ these folks. If we have to lose them at a moment's notice, now that's a vacant role that we also have to recruit for and we have to train someone new. There's all these costs associated with um, not, not having uh, a stable immigration system. Yeah. And so, so I want to jump on that though, real quick, if I can, because um, it, that hit at a crucial time, obviously with COVID ongoing, and you wouldn't think with the unemployment numbers that there was a labor crisis, but in fact, the business community was getting a bit of a double whammy where there was uh, restrictions and that was impacting business, but it, there also was an ongoing labor shortage. Um, that labor shortage didn't go away. And so the DACA, the DACA situation worsening during that time period and also the administration's actions um, on the H2B program mm -hmm. were, were kind of troubling in the sense that it, it didn't, it seemed a little tone deaf on the business community. And so um, I think the work that y'all are doing in partnership with us and organizations like us to amplify the voice of the business community was as critical this year as it ever has been um, and likely will be going forward. Yes, yes. And I think um, you, you said it, um, you said it so well, Ryan, but it, it's also been such a hard couple of months because, and again, going to what, um, who's been loudest here, the business community, because the last couple of months, the administration has really tried to limit the already outdated and already very limited legal immigration avenues that exist, right? They announced um, what, that they were going to halt all of these work that things that impacted H2As, H2Bs, all of those things that it's like folks were already like, we're, we're advocating to increase, you know, because mm -hmm. we're, we have a labor shortage. We're trying to increase the cap on this. We're trying to get more workers and we already don't have enough. And now we're also being limited to, I believe it was only folks who were already um, on, on a H2A or H2B visa that could stay on, but they weren't accepting or allowing any new folks to, to apply into that program. But again, these are all ways of limiting already very limited avenues that employers are struggling. And that means that the business community is struggling. And so again, this is an issue that really aligns very closely with the business community. So it's not hard for Forward to find opportunities to continue to collaborate with business leaders in Texas. Yeah, well, and we know that it's a focus of Congress, at least right now. Um, in fact, there was a, a hearing uh, just last week uh, in the House Judiciary Committee where they talked about immigrant workers and the essentialness of workers during the COVID um, period, you know, and, and the much of the green industry, all of the green industry, in fact, was very blessed to be considered uh, essential during the initial restrictions uh, under the pandemic. But um, there's no question that there was a connection with the immigrant community and the impact that COVID had on them. 
Is that something that that Forward is involved in and highlighting the the work that immigrants have done during this time when we needed a workforce so badly? Yes, I mean, we've seen that immigrants are filling essential roles that allowed a lot of folks who didn't necessarily, so for example, when things were shut down, we're still trying to learn a lot about COVID-19, folks were being encouraged to stay home. Um, They still needed food on the table, right? We needed to be able to stock grocery stores with with our vegetables and all of our food products. Um, We also needed a very important role, sanitation workers, right? We're trying to um, make sure that everything is as clean as possible. Stores were closing at certain hours to be able to spend more time sanitizing and cleaning. So janitorial services, we've seen that immigrants fill a lot of those essential roles um, that really allow the American public to continue their daily lives. And so we've really done a lot of work to try to highlight that, but it's also not something that we need to do because it shows up, right? A lot of reporters were talking about it. Essential workers in the time of COVID-19, immigrants were stepping up to the plate so that we could all have um, these very essential services available to us when we needed to shut down for a while. Um, I also know that, for example, it's going to be really important, um, the, the role of immigrants is going to be really important in an economic recovery effort. Again, I mentioned at the top of this that Texas has, we are a leading global economy. You know, as a Texan, that makes me feel proud. I want us to continue to hold on to that standing. But that will not be possible if we do not put in place common sense reforms that allow us to be able to retain the talent, fill the fill um, labor shortages with folks who are willing to do those jobs, right? Immigrants who are constantly stepping up to the plate. And we, we our economy really relies on that. A strong economic recovery will rely on that. It will rely on everyone who is here in the state of Texas being able to fully participate in the economy. And so um, we are thinking a lot about that, about the role of immigrants now in COVID-19, um, but also in a post-COVID-19 world in, a, in, in an economic recovery. Yeah. And I want to, I'm glad you mentioned that. I want to highlight um, a couple of websites, but if I could plug them real quick, there's a, on the TNLA Legislative Action Center, actually, our members can go on there and send a message directly to your member of Congress, highlighting the importance of the H2B program. Uh, as many of them will know, last year or this this year in 2020, rather, uh, the program was was capped, and there were many businesses who had a certified need through the Department of Labor were not able to get access to those visa programs. And as I already mentioned, the unemployment numbers didn't help the labor shortage, and so there was lost revenue. There were there were companies that were put in in really financial dire straits because they had that certified need and couldn't get access to the program. Now we're looking at the 2021 season and realizing that the problem is of a labor shortage are still going to be there. And so I would encourage any of our listeners um, to go to the TNLA Legislative Action Center, which you can find on our website and send that message to your member of Congress, because it's now is a critical time uh, during the election period and as Congress will head back for a brief time uh, at the end of the year prior to a new Congress getting sworn in, that they're going to be making decisions to impact the 2021 season. There's one other side I want to uh, highlight, and that's also that Forward put out a myth-busting website recently, and I think it portrays 
um, a lot of what we are saying here today in, in a really good light. It's got a lot of good takeaway information. Zyra, do you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for bringing it up, Brian. Um, it's a resource that we're really excited to have launched this um, about a week ago. But basically, we're all we all here. You know, we we see immigration and the positive positives of immigration in you know our jobs sometimes in in our local communities. But at the same time, we sometimes hear these really strong and compelling arguments that sound like facts, right? Like the idea that immigrants take American jobs. We hear those things. Um, but they're not actually true. And so something, a project that Forward decided to take on was to launch a myth-busting website, which basically takes um, common uh, misconceptions about immigration um, and really unpacks the, the unpacks them, it takes, it takes a minute to unpack them to really talk about the data behind it. The idea that immigrants take American jobs, when all of the data points to the fact that immigrants are actually filling critical roles that many um, that, it, that um, are, again, we have a labor shortage, there's plenty of jobs, but also the fact that immigrants help to actually launch a lot of businesses that employ American citizens. Um, and so the idea that actually the data points to the fact that immigrants create jobs um, and and so all of these different myths are literally it's the, the myth and then underneath it impacts the myth so that we are all really um, understand this issue, understand how to talk about it. Um, when we hear something that kind of, it sounds compelling, but it kind of also sounds off, this website is really meant to help us unpack that. And so it's on our um, on our website at forward.us. If you go under immigration, it'll be um, in the most recent news. It's a report that we just published. Um, but also I know that Ryan has access to this report, um, but we're really excited to have launched this really critical resource, especially in the election season when we know that um, all issues get heightened. The issue of immigration has been a top issue, not only in this election cycle, but the previous election cycle. And so Lots of things are being said. Let's talk about the facts. And so really that's what this resource is about. But you can certainly find it online where Zyra said, or just Google forward.us and immigration myth busting. But TNLA members uh, should look for this resource to be pushed out in coming weeks because it does bring to light some important facts about the immigration issue at large. Um, so really thankful for our partners at Forward and putting together that good information. Zyra, any closing thoughts you'd like to share with the audience or where we go from here? No, I'm just really excited about our partnership with TNLA. I'm really excited to learn about all of the ways that this issue shows up in your industry. And so um, there's going to be tons of opportunities for us to continue our work, even if we have to completely transform the way we work together due to COVID-19. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on The Green Report. Um, we look forward to our work together and we know that the months ahead and 2021 is going to be a very exciting year with a new Congress. And so there'll be new challenges for us to tackle in partnership together. Zyra, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Thank you again to today's Green Report supporter and TNLA endorsed service provider Hotchkiss Insurance Agency. Hotchkiss Insurance Agency seeks to protect that which is possible in everything they do. Hotchkiss Insurance Agency believes that by safeguarding one's most valuable assets, people and businesses are better able to grow and prosper. Hotchkiss Insurance Agency is proud to be an endorsed service provider for TNLA and looks forward to the opportunity to serve your company. 
Visit them at hiallc.com today.